This is a, a really familiar text in so many ways to us all, and I want to highlight some of the things that stand out for me as we think about Mary, Martha, you, and me. Uh, first of all, uh, Mary and Martha are sisters, that's clear. How many of us have sisters? How many of us are the oldest sister? Okay, let's have a support group um, <laughs> about what that's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Martha owns this house. It's not her husband's house. It's not her boyfriend's house. It's not her brother's house. It's not baby in them's house. Martha owns this house. She owns this house. Maybe she was a widow and inherited the house. Maybe she inherited it from her son. Maybe she won the lottery. Maybe she made enough money to buy the house by selling olives and olive oil, but she owns this house. So when Jesus comes by and she flings open the door, it's her prerogative, and she exercises it in this great generosity. It's also true that Martha knows Jesus. Martha and Mary know Jesus. Martha, Mary, Lazarus, they're friends with Jesus. So when Jesus is out and about with his disciples and decides to go to Martha's house, it probably isn't the first time, it's likely not the last time, but it seems to be a surprise. So here is the house owner, the owner of the house, putting together a spread spontaneous, spontaneously. That's a hard word to say. Spontaneously, she puts together this spread. And it's not hummus and pita. Uh, by the way, the best hummus in the world is in Israel. I'm sorry, but it's true. But it's not hummus and pita. It is likely roasted lamb and some, you know, some eggplant and likely some pomegranate juice and some wine, not grape juice, and some bread. It's a beautiful dinner that she throws for Jesus and them. 13, 15, maybe people hanging around with Jesus. So Martha, the owner of the house, opens her house and then scurries, right, to make a beautiful dinner happen. She's not whipping out Ritz crackers and tuna. I mean, this is dinner. So she's busy, is what I'm trying to say, right? She, girlfriend's got her hands full. There's flour on her. She is working hard to make dinner happen. And it seems clear in the text that Mary's the little sister. So you bet your bottom dollar Mary living in the house isn't like just chilling before dinner happens. Big sister has given her some tasks and she's got some stuff to do. But it's also clear in the text that she stops work at a point and is fascinated by whatever it is that Jesus is saying. So much so that she sits down at his feet and listens. Now, something else about Martha, she does not hold her tongue. It is crystal clear that she has a relationship with Jesus enough to be honest, but also it's crystal clear that she no tengo un pelo en la boca. For you, Damaris. Come on now. She has no hair in her tongue. So when watching little sis sit down chilling, she says exactly what's on her big sister mind. Why, Jesus, are you not rebuking her and asking her to help me do this thing? You know how busy I am. You know what time it is. And then, you know, Will stole my Brady Bunch. Martha, 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 right, from Jesus. 
who also knows her enough to be intimate and real with her, celebrates Mary's sitting still, celebrates her deep listening, celebrates her paying attention. Now, me growing up in the church, which I did, every time I heard this text, it was like how much better Mary was than Martha. And I tell you, I felt some kind of way about that. <laughs> I did. I'm not very Mary-ish. Does that surprise you? <laughs> I, I, it's not like I sit down a lot and be still. In fact, one of the best gifts I give myself, bless you, my love, one of the best gifts I give myself weekly is getting ready to preach a sermon. That's my quiet time. That's my devotional time. That's my sit down and listen time to God. But it's clear in this text, and it's clear the way it's preached all around churchdom, that the, the preachers and the interpreters value Mary more than Martha. It's clear. And I'm just, I'm wanting to say that there are other spaces where that's not so obvious. In fact, reading through the commentaries, reading through the commentaries, reading through the commentaries, one cracked me up where Martha is called a housekeeper. Like, I cannot abide that she owned a house. So she's a housekeeper. She is neither a bread baker nor is she a housekeeper. She owns this place, right? But I finally found a few commentaries that lifted up, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> the, mar the betterness of Mary isn't about sort of good and bad. It's that in that moment, Mary makes what Jesus is celebrating as a better choice in this way, that her choice will last. In other words, Martha's absolute right, busy, making it happen, hospitality, deeply valued in the ancient culture, is one good choice. And the better choice Jesus is saying, is Mary's because she will consume spirit in such a way that it will be life-lasting. Life Does that make sense? Perhaps even internal. But still, what I wanted to do with this text today was to think about how easy it is for all of us interpreters and how easy it is for all of us as people of faith to buy into patriarchal interpretations of text. Right? So I'm not really trying to push that much against Jesus because he's my homeboy. But I am trying to say that this text and the way it is told, and nobody had a microphone right there <laughs> taping Jesus. There is this sense that we're getting into women's roles being described, right? So some of the women are nice and quiet and sit down, and some of the women are too busy. And some of the women are quiet and obey their husbands, and some of them don't. And some of the women don't speak in church, ha, and lots of us do, right? And some of the women are like all pious and virginal and others of them are not so much. <laughs> so then suddenly these rumors about Mary Magdalene being a whore, which is not at all in the text, becomes a way that patriarchy tries to characterize women and silence women. Are you with me? So what I'm trying to do today as I pull up this Martha Mary story is to complexify roles and complexify gender. That Mary and Martha are two types of womanhood and they weren't cast in stone in those roles like Mary was always the time listening to Jesus and Martha never was, right? 
That's caricature making as opposed to complexifying. And I want to say also that inside each of us is some Mary and some Martha, or at least there needs to be. There needs to be for us to be a whole person doing the work of God. If we're called to heal the soul and the world, if we're called to make heaven on earth, to make the reign of God on earth, sometimes we're going to be really busy cooking lamb or making signs or standing on the street with our fists up or getting arrested and going to jail, right? And sometimes we're going to need that contemplative space, that quiet space, that rejuvenating space, which is why in April, for example, we've got our conference, right? Which is, yeah, which is going to be like sit down and learn, but it's also going to have parts of organizing and activism. There's going to be a part of it that's called this moment rally, where we're going to just take a pause and organize our hearts and our souls and lift up the artist in, in rebellion in each of us, right? But all of those ways of being are the ways we all need to be so we can get God's thing happening right here on earth. Amen? And just to, just to kind of kick this gender thing around for a moment, um, and, to, and to think about, again, not so much pushing back on Jesus, but pushing on the recorders of the gospel, right? That there's a way in which the patriarchy of the ancient world undoubtedly shows up in the text. It is in there, like prego sauce. It's in there. So we have to be careful about how we think about it. Sometimes I think I'm funny. Today's one of those days. Um, <laughs> So it's in there. And the reason that we need to think uplift, think, pay attention to what's in there is because we have not overcome. Even though we got all these badass women up on the pulpit and all of these amazing women in the band. Woo! And even though Betty rules right here, right? And even though this room is full of amazing women and girl children, stand up, women and girl children. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Show me what you're working with. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Even still, the report that came out from the United Nations just now in honor of Women's International Women's Day lets us know that we have not fixed this gender thing yet. Looking at gender social norms in 75 countries in which 80% of the global population lives, nine out of 10 men and women around the world, I say men and women around the world, still have a bias against women. Half feel men are superior political leaders, more than 40% believe they would make better business execs. I mean men, make better business execs than women. And men are, in their mind, more entitled to jobs when the economy is lagging. Whoa. 28% of those people in those 75 nations where 80% of us live, 28% believe it is justified for a man to beat his wife. Be shocked. Now, there's good news in the study. We can see that primary school enrollment has increased. We can see that um, the, the mortality rate of women giving birth has gone down. 
And even there's been a shrinkage in the wage gap between men and women, right? We used to talk about 72%, now it's about 82% for men, white men and white women, and about 80% for black women, a little lower for Latinx women in the 70s, for, for, for 77 for Latinx women. But it ain't equal! And we work just as hard, if not harder. Somebody say amen. amen. And these gender gaps are most obvious in places where the issue is power. Right? Governance, power. Wage, wage earning, power. Running companies, power. Even though men and women vote at roughly the same rate, only 24%, as Julie said earlier, of parliamentary seats worldwide are held by women. And of the 193 member states, guess how many heads of government? Female. Ten. Ten. In this country, Fortune 500 companies, there are only 6% CEOs. Hmm. So what's Mary and Martha got to do with that? Everything, everything, everything. We who believe in the teachings of Rabbi Jesus have to understand that our work isn't just about personal salvation. Our work isn't about personal piety. Our work is about making the reign of God happen here on earth, and we don't rest. We who believe in freedom don't rest until it comes. So every girl child in this room understands that she has the blessing and the power to be whatever she wants to be when she grows up, to get into science and math and technology fields, to be in the military, or to stay home and bake bread, if that's what she wants to do. Somebody say amen. amen. We who believe in freedom have to take on the, the political and sociological issues in our nation and in our world. Our faith is political, and don't let anybody tell you it's not. Jesus was political, and so are we. Political means about the people. Somebody say that with me. Political means about the people. I'm not talking about Republican and Democrat and Independent. I'm talking about what's good for God's people. That's our job. That's how we roll. That's what we do. And so then we can't be Christians. We can't be followers of Rabbi Jesus and not understand that he went to Martha's house and she opened the door, that he had conversations with Martha and Mary and the woman at the well, and that he ordained, blessed, and, and told to go out and preach the very first preacher whose name was Mary Magdalene, and she was nobody's whore. She was a gospel disciple of Jesus the Christ. We have to understand that Jesus broke all the rules of the day, putting children in the center, putting women in the center, putting women in charge. And we who follow in the way of the rabbi, that's got to be our jam. Teaching our boys to respect and honor girls. Teaching our girls that they are powerful and amazing. And understanding that that work, just like celebrating blackness, just like celebrating Latinx history, just like celebrating pride, is our work. May it be so. Amen. Amen.